0: Andy's awake. anybody else need anybody else need a writing utensil? Okay, good job. Okay, we are going to be doing lesson eight. I was planning on doing eight and nine. But we'll just see how we're doing. Um, see how we're doing time-wise. Thank you. Yes, I See how we're doing time-wise. Lesson number eight, and then remind if you want to remind me at the end for the uh, surprise we have for everybody down here. So lesson number eight is what we are um, be doing tonight. This actually will close, will finish off the second section um, in in our study here that we've been looking at. Of course, the first one was on. Um, Brainwash Christianity. Talked about um, the realization of a created mind, the, re- the realization of a changed mind, realization of a conscientious mind, and the realization of a captured mind. And then in part two, we've been um, that one's entitled "Who left the brain door open?" We were talking about being open to the truth in the first section. So now this one is this part two's kind of been all about we need to be closed-minded to certain things. So we'll actually be finishing that section in um, chapter eight here, with the closed mind is um, is lesson eight here. First uh, chapter five, which was uh, the first one, was about the complacent mind. Um, chapter six was the careless mind, and then chapter seven is the, was the contaminated mind. We did six and seven last week. Um, so lesson um, chapter lesson eight chapter eight the closed mind. So it actually kind of jumps right into the main point there, and point number one is a closed mind guards against something. Deception starts with an H. You don't want to be this or be accused of this, especially if you lived a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> Heretical. Yep. A closed mind guards against heretical deception. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's first Timothy four one. The devil never stops attacking. He's on a mission that will not end until he's cast in the lake of fire for eternity. Second Timothy three, thirteen through fourteen says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Think about, oh, is Paul just telling Timothy, you just listen to what I say. But he, remember what he also talks about, uh, the, doc, the gospel that came from me came not from men, but of God. That The devil has an arsenal full of weapons he will use. Accusation. Now John wrote, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Revelation twelve ten. He will use opposition. That's why Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. He will use imitation. He tried that with Jesus when he said, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That's Matthew 4, 9. But no doubt Satan's number one weapon is deception. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, Revelation twelve nine. The devil loves deceiving people about immorality, drugs, alcohol, He's even deceived people about death. As many people think if they commit suicide, they will end it all. But he saves his most sophisticated deception for the spiritual. How many people around the world are deceived about eternal life? What they believe sounds so right. How could something that my church teaches or that my parents taught me or that so many people believe possibly be wrong? For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed, as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 2 Corinthians 1113 13-15. The devil's best work is done by those who claim to know God. Years ago, in a revival meeting, a young couple that had been newly saved informed their pastor that the Jehovah's Witnesses were coming by their home for Bible studies every week. They had not asked them to come. They just showed up, and the young people didn't want to tell someone who was so religious that they weren't welcome. The pastor was very upset that this was happening um, to those new converts, really didn't know what to tell them. I asked when they normally came, and they told me it was the same time each week. I said, well, why don't you invite the pastor and me to come over next time? They were more than happy to have us come, and so we arrived about 15 minutes before the regular time. And sure enough, they knocked on the door, and the young, people immediately, young couple immediately invited them in and introduced them to us. Of course, we did not reveal. We were Baptist preachers. And they started their usual Bible study, and we all listened intently. The young, peop- the young couple kept glancing at us as if to say, see, this is good. It's all about the Bible. So after about an hour... I was getting weary of their deception, so asked the man, Do you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that the only way to heaven is through him? He said, No, and then tried to explain. As soon as he said no, the young Christian jumped to his feet and said, What? You don't believe that Jesus is God? What are you going to teach me if you don't even believe in my Savior? I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave now. It's fun to expose error with truth. And that's exactly what the Apostle John said instructed us to do. I, just, I don't know if this is in your sheet. It's 1 John 4, 1 through 6. 1 through 6. If you want to go ahead and start that, Pastor? Sure. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby um, know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come to the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof you he have heard <coughs> that it should come, and even now already it is it in the world. You are of God's little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, but he that knoweth God heareth us sidebar here in the the book is nothing can slip out that first didn't slip in and uh, the sub points under this one the first one is the something of Satan starts the W it's not ways technically it's you think of it We don't think of it as two words, but really is two words kind of put together. Seven letters. (laughs) W-A is the first two letters. W-A-R. Warfare, yep. The warfare. And the second one also starts with a W. You definitely would use this with the first one Weapon. The weapon. Yep. So now on to, to point two is a closed mine. We, well, first off, we see a, cl- a closed mine. Um, get back to it here. A closed mine guards against radical deception, and now a closed mine guards against also starts with an H demands. Not harmful. So this is kind of a might be a harder one to get without doing it, but hypocritical demands. It's kind of interesting. A closed mind guards against hypocritical demands. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats. First Timothy four two three. It is amazing what people believe that cannot be backed up by the book. People will go to great lengths to find a solution for the sin problem, but totally ignore what the Bible says. There's a man over in the Philippines who allows himself to be crucified on a cross every year in order to try and pay for his sins. It reminds me of Naaman. In the Old Testament, who is prepared to give ten talents of silver, a thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment to the man who could heal him of his leprosy. When Elisha's messenger told him to wash in the Jordan, he got mad and stomped out. Thank God for his servants who reasoned with him. My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean, 2 Kings 5, 13-14. People say, God told me, or the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Be careful, God isn't going to contradict his word. The Holy Spirit will never tell you anything that is not in the Holy Scriptures. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. That's John 16, 13. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul made sure that his hearers knew that he was not preaching his opinions or ideas. He didn't want their wisdom to be based on his enticing words or excellent speech, but on the very word of God. He reminds them that the Holy Spirit will always confirm in their hearts what the Bible teaches. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Second, or that's 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 13. We must guard our minds against any teaching that makes demands not found in God's word. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and now be found a liar. That's Proverbs 30, 5 to 6. R. A. Tori said, God's word is pure and sure. In spite of the devil, in spite of your fear, in spite of everything. So that's point two. So then the subpoints under this one are the tendency to start with an N biblical principles. Close. Negate. The tendency to negate. Biblical Principles. And then the time to also starts with an N. This is more of a positive idea. Fathers are supposed to do this. Nourish. Not nourish, is close. Nurture. Nurture. Biblical Principles. So then point three is a closed mine, guards against, also starts starts with an H, diversions. Not harmful. (laughs) How do you give this away without, or say it without giving it away? I'll just put it up here for, for time's sake. Hopeless. Close mind guards against hopeless diversions. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. First Timothy 4.7. A good rule is, if it doesn't edify, eliminate. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. That's First 1 Timothy 1, 1.4. The Bible sure throws a lot of light on the Bible commentaries. is <laughs> interesting. Barnhouse is what it says there. Some people are well-versed in nothingness. Good th- this, is a very, this is a very interesting point here. Good things can even keep us from the best things. Good things can even keep us from the best things. 1 Corinthians 6.12 is, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I've often asked myself as I start a day or a week, what on my to-do list will make it into eternity? Destinations are never reached by taking exits. I love the single-mindedness of Paul. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Acts 20, 22-24. Too often we have more than one thing that is needful. So the subpoints under this are guarding our minds from starts with an E diversions. Not earthly. Not evil. Endless. Endless diversions. And that goes into the next one is growing our minds for eternities. Eternity's destination. Point four, a closed mind guards against, starts with an H, diligence. It's hindered. Interesting. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Closed mind guards against hindered diligence. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. First Timothy 4, 7 to 8. How's your exercise program? While well, physical exercise profits for life, spiritual exercise profits for life and eternity. It says, I've been jogging since 1985. Most days I get five miles in, which is pretty good, and I believe overall it is profitable. More recent years, I've mixed in some cycling to keep my body fooled. While not a bodybuilder by any stretch, I endeavor to lift some weights regularly to keep up some level of strength. I've missed exercising some days to be sure over the years due to travel or other circumstances, but I honestly don't remember the last day I missed reading my Bible. I can think of once or twice when I went out for a run before I read my Bible and I regretted it all day. I never want my physical exercise to become my God, but I sure want the Bible to be my guide. It's amazing how diligent and disciplined we can be in areas of little importance. We, ha- we just have to watch the big game, watch the news, go to work, eat lunch, work out, etc. But how diligent are we in godliness? And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience, Void of offense toward God and toward men. Acts twenty four sixteen. The subpoints under this one is God's something program starts with an E as well. Exercise. And the second point is God's something proclaimed also starts with an E. Excellence. Think of those two, the physical and the spiritual, God's, God puts in emphasis, God's emphasis. And then the last point in this one is a closed mind guards against, starts with an H, departure. Not heedless, not humanistic. Harmful. A closed mind guards against harmful departure. The apostle shares his heart in the very first verse of this chapter we've studied. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, 1 Timothy 4.1. I wonder how many Christians would still be ministering if they had guarded their minds. There's no sadder phrases in scripture than, For Demas hath forsaken me, 2 Timothy 4.10. Thou hast left thy first love, Revelation 2.4 or for some are already turned aside after Satan in 1 Timothy 5:15. Y- you depend on God, but can he depend on you? And God's book of remembrance, I think, faithful and famous for the same word. It's not just our lives that are on the line here. Sure, we can make our own choices and live with the consequences, but what about others who are watching? <clears throat> In the last verse of this chapter, as Paul reminds Timothy to take heed and continue, he says, For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. First Timothy 4.16 I've often thought that when we get to heaven, we will be surprised at the number of people who are there because of us. Think about it. Have you ever prayed for people to be saved? Have you ever given money to missions? Have you ever handed out a gospel tract? Have you ever witnessed to someone? We don't get to see most of the results of those efforts, but God takes it all and uses it. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little to bring people to himself. That's Isaiah 28.10. I dare say that all of us will meet people in heaven who are there in some way because of us. But will there be anyone in hell because of us? That's a much more sobering question. Sadly, Paul wrote to the church at Rome, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, Romans 2.24. He told the Corinthian church, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. What a tragedy that we fail to keep the wrong thoughts from our minds, and as a result, someone else misses heaven. It was a busy summer day on the farm. They always are. It was harvest time, and hundreds of bales of hay needed to be brought in. Making hay while the sun shines is a motto well-known to the diligent farmer. But just as we headed to the fields, word came that the cows were out. We, had, we pastured our cows across the river on some rented land. Mom had gotten a phone call from some neighbors that our cows were running across their cornfields, and they were not happy. We abandoned our task of baling hay and drove as fast as we could to the pasture. Being on the other side of the river, we had to drive several miles to get there, and when we did, the cows were everywhere, and enjoying every minute of this newfound freedom. Once out of a pasture, cows can get very disoriented. For the next several hours, we chased cows. In the midst of it, in the midst of it all, I got stung on the top of my head by a bumblebee. My dad was running cows down from seemingly all over the county. My mom was running back home to get ice from my head, and I was bawling my eyes out. I was just a kid, but I'll never forget that day. Yes, it was I who left the gate open. <laughs> my dad never spanked me for my negligence. I guess he figured the bee had inflicted enough pain. People were frustrated. Cows were injured. Milk production was down for the next two days, and part of the harvest was lost all because I didn't close the gate. Your mind is the gateway to your heart. Guard what goes in and out. So then the sub points here is your establishment of, starts with an F. Faith. That's the first part. <laughs> Faithfulness. And then that goes to, next one is your effect on the, also starts with an F teacher yep So we'll move on we'll just keep going see if we can get through lesson nine tonight too but the one thing from this lesson that kind of stood out to me is kind of is in the questions here too but is good things can keep us from the best things? And then as you review your priorities in life, do you see any areas where something good takes first over that which is best? And I'm sure we all could answer that question. So now this kind of goes into part three, the last section kind of here on the book, which is mind control. It's what it's titled. Critics of biblical Christianity have often accused us of having a flock-like mentality where branded as being cultish and under some kind of mind control. Neo-Orthodoxy was founded by Karl Barth, which paved the way for existentialism, that is, each individual creating truth from his own experiences rather than following the absolute word of God. Barth attacked fundamentalists, those who believe the Bible literally, by accusing them of worshiping a paper pope, which is your Bible. So what's wrong with being controlled by truth? Are we so foolish as to trust our own experience rather than thus saith the Lord? Remember, we have hearts that are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Jeremiah seventeen nine. We may think we're right in our own eyes, but the plumb line of God's word will not lead us astray. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth, 2 Corinthians thirteen eight. A story is told of the captain of a ship who looked out one night into the darkness and saw a light directly in their path. He instructed his signalmen to send a message, alter your course 10 degrees north. Sooner reply came, alter your course 10 degrees south. The captain was not happy. His message had been ignored. He sent a second, alter your course 10 degrees north. I'm a captain. The reply came, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am third class seaman Jones. The captain was outraged. He sent a third message knowing the fear that it would invoke. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I'm a battleship. The response came, alter your course 10 degrees south. I'm a lighthouse. If you recall back from the uh, Jonah study, that illustration was actually in there. We can resist and reject the truth, but it'll still be true. Your obstinate will is never going to change God's omniscient will. When Jesus prayed for us, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, John seventeen seventeen. God never has and never will lie. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall not he do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19. In fact, the writer of Hebrews declares that it's impossible for God to lie. Hebrews six eighteen. How we need a generation of people today who will not ignore the truth of God's word, but rather be impacted by that truth. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty one, thirty two. 32. Every child of God has the opportunity and ability to understand the truth of God's word because when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. That's John 16, 13. Do you have the desire to be guided into the truth? Wouldn't you like your entire life to be under the control of the truth? Mind control. Why not? We're all being influenced by something. I like the results of being influenced by the Spirit much better than the results of being influenced by the flesh. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. That's Romans six, sixteen to eighteen. In Ephesians chapter four, there are several aspects of a mind controlled by truth. I don't think this one's in your book, so just go ahead and turn to Ephesians four eleven to twenty four, and we'll read that here. Ephesians four eleven to twenty four. I'll start in uh, verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 13. shall So we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fit and joined together. Compacted by that in which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, make an increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. As I say, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Through being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. so be that ye have heard him, have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new life which after God is created in righteousness. So again, mind control. So chapter 9 is guided by a censored mind. A censored mind. God desires that the Holy Spirit serve as a censor or filter to our minds so that the things of this world are not able to enter. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12.2. Notice the renewing of your mind that's in there. This continual process of filtering makes it possible for us to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Romans 16.19. How can we have this censored mind? And the first one is through the something of something man first one letter is a g second one is a c gift. gift is the first one, and it starts with a g one too. c I heard it it's through the gifts of that I mix the. Okay, I might have. It's through the gifts of called men is what it is. Oh, Oh, okay. It should should be men. I probably, yeah. I caught myself on something else, but I probably missed it earlier here. Because I almost gave it to you on the last ones on this lesson, too, but I did catch those, but I didn't catch these, apparently. Through the gifts or gift of called men. In verse 11 of the passage that we read, God lists for us the human gifts to the local church, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, Ephesians 4.11. The 12 apostles were the first to follow Christ in his ministry and were later designated as such because they were eyewitnesses of his life after The resurrection see acts 122 this gift is no longer in existence today because the qualification of being an eyewitness is impossible likewise the prophets as listed here are no longer needed because the canon of scripture is complete however the office of the evangelist and pastor pastor teacher is still very functional important today the local church those who preach faithfully the truth of God's word are given to us as a gift from God to help us have censored minds just because you have been disappointed by a preacher or two, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. <laughs> there may be some hypocrites in the pulpit, just as there are in the pews, but don't let that dissuade you from the truth that comes to you through the preaching of those God-called men. I've never met anyone who is living a successful Christian life who was not a part of a local church where the Word of God was being preached faithfully. And I'm not sure that I ever will because God hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, Titus 1.3. God doesn't need us to build the church, but we sure need the church to build our lives. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God, 1 Corinthians 1.18. God has called men to preach and commanded us to submit to the authority of that truth. Remember them that have the rule, of, which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Hebrews thirteen seven. One day at the judgment, each preacher will give an account of his faithfulness to preach the truth. And every person who has heard that truth will give an account of his obedience to that word. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you, and that's Hebrews 13:17. How sad it is that many people today find excuses week after week to miss preaching services in their churches, and then wonder why their minds are stained with worldly thoughts. Now ye are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you, that's John 15:3. So I think the blanks in this one starts with a C. The something helps build people. Church. And this next one is kind of interesting. Also starts with the C. The hint I thought of might not help you. Group of alligators is what this is. Some pastors might agree. The congregation has been prepared. And it brings us to point two is, um, well, you tell me what the blanks are here. Okay, so I did miss this one, too. First is a G. Second one is an M. Not Gift. It might be kind of hard to get before we talk about it, but it's through the goal of Christ-like maturity. Why did God give us these human gifts, the evangelist and pastor-teacher? Paul answers that, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase to the body under the edifying of itself in love. God wants us to become like him. If that is going to take place, we must filter out that which doesn't assist in that goal. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That's Romans 8:29. In a very general sense, there are three stages in God's plan for our lives. There is salvation, which takes place the moment you put your faith and trust in Christ. There is sanctification, which begins the moment you get saved and doesn't end until glorification, when we are with the Lord and then are like him. If you're a child of God, you are today in that stage of sanctification somewhere between salvation and glorification. If we could picture you on a timeline, are you closer to salvation or are you closer to glorification? Many people take just a few tiny baby steps after they get saved. The distance between them and the world is minimal. Others, because they place their minds under the control of the Spirit of God and His Word, grow by leaps and bounds, placing great difference between them and the world. When they die, or Jesus comes, their step into glorification will be minimal, for they're already grown to be like him. Using God's word as the measuring stick, are you closer to salvation or glorification? As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written... Be holy for I am holy First Peter 1:14 to 16. Let's grow up and act our age. Many have been saved for years and yet still act like babes in Christ. or as uh, Luke Davies would say, "Act your age and not your shoe size. No wonder that the world goes on lost in their sin. They see no difference. In those who profess to be different. If God has changed your destiny, then let him change your demeanor so that others can see Christ in you. 1 Peter 2, 9-12. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good works, which they shall behold, Glorify God in the day of visitation. So subpoints under this one is a something service, I believe. M. What's an M? Not maturing. It's not voluntary. Mandated. Mandated. And then we also have a, it's an M as well. Measuring stick, yes. And this last point is the blanks. I know the uh, the third letter or the third word, right? And is it the last one again? Okay. Through the start with the G and the M as well. This is kind of an interesting one, an odd one. You might not get this right off through the grieving over corrupted morality. When light is turned out, darkness prevails. When a person closes his eyes to the truth of God's word, no light can enter his heart. And as a result, he's forced to walk in the vanity of his mind. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that she henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. It's Ephesians four, seventeen 17-18. I was speaking at a Christian school one morning for chapel. After the invitation, at the close of the service, a group of five or six teenagers came up onto the platform to ask me a question. I placed my bubble back onto the pulpit and began to talk with these young people, and as I did, I noticed there was a young man standing at the foot of the stairs leading up to the platform who was also waiting to speak with me. It was obvious that he was a bit perturbed that others had beaten him to me, as he was now showing his impatience by making funny noises of disdain. Finally, after a few moments of answering questions, the teens made their way off the platform and headed to class. The young man waited until they had completely exited the auditorium and then stomped his foot on every stair on his way up to me. When he arrived at the pulpit, he threw up his hands and said, Problems, problems, problems. I thought, what kind of nut is this? (laughs) I looked at him and said, Son, I don't want to hear any problems. He looked at me rather surprised. Preachers are supposed to listen to problems, but quite honestly, I didn't feel like it. Instead, I asked him, Are you saved? He said, of course I'm saved. I said, do you read your Bible every day? Disgustingly, he said, no. I said, was there ever a time in your life when you read the Bible every day? He thought for a moment and said, yeah, about two years ago. I read it every day. I looked into his eyes and said, when did your problem start? He paused and his head dropped. And when he looked up, there were tears in his eyes, as he said, about two years ago. I put my arm around him and said, I don't know what it is that's bugging you today, but that is your problem. Jesus declared, you do err not knowing the scriptures. Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. Life is going to be filled with all kinds of problems when our minds are not being censored on a regular basis by the truth of God's word. Are you reading the, God's word daily? Are you in church when the doors are open, listening to God's word being preached? How do we expect to walk? as children of light, when we're doing nothing to dispel the darkness. We must be guided by a censored mind. The subpoints in this is the presence of, starts with the D, darkness. And it's the power of, also starts with the D, this is kind of interesting. You might not get this one. The power of directness. So you probably just because of time, we won't go through all the questions here. But any other any thoughts, particularly on the these two lessons, definitely very, very true, very applicable, um, very direct. Anything particularly stand out to anyone? I'm thinking about either the last one or this one. Thought came to my mind. This kind of teaching wouldn't go over in a lot of churches. You know. The question is, will it go over with us. <laughs> it's a humbling thing. Um, you know, but the truth is the truth. That's you know, what we need. Yeah. It's good for us, but it's medicine. Anyone else? Thoughts? Or? It feels right along with this morning's message. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It feels like the Lord has just been teaching us about growing. It's you know, um, sort the of theme of our family camp. Even before that, and after that, and through this, it's really challenging about Anyone else? Any other thoughts or okay. guided by a censored mind and then the last lesson was the closed mind. And one thing for me from the last was from the last lesson, but just that thought of good things can keep us from the best things. There's plenty of good things to do that we can do and different things but they can keep us from the best things that God has for us. Last call, anybody else? Any thoughts or anything? But yeah, it's a, um, a challenge. It's a challenge to me reading it and kind of looking through it and preparing it and hoping it's a challenge to everyone else as well on this. Um, actually, before we pray, let's go ahead and do this. Um pastor and I had been talking a while back, actually, about about this, and um, there's been a good study and everything, so we actually went and bought a copy of each of these for everybody, for every family to have, um, so I'll go ahead and get those out. I no, there's those are not able to be here tonight, but we'll get one for them as well. Yeah. It's a uh, little bit more updated uh, cover and more updated picture of the author on the back, too, than the one I have, <laughs> But um, but it actually is laid out how mine is here is more of like an actual book with the questions at the end. So all the questions we talked about are in here, not necessarily like a teacher book, like how they normally are. So um, do pray that it's uh, be able to read everything that we've been, uh, been looking at and to be a challenge, especially once we get to the last. Um, probably probably will be two lessons. Probably have to split that up when it gets really. Kind of to the end and the conclusion with about scripture and getting scripture and God's word in us. Um, some pretty, pretty interesting, neat things in that. Which um, we'll save that when we get there. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the lesson tonight and just the, the importance of having a closed mind and then um, a censored mind, being guided by a, a mind that's censored by your Spirit, your Word, and thinking think of it is things for me, particularly what kind of stood out to me, just the idea of, you know, that good things can keep us from the best things. And again, I think every one of us could uh, have specific things that come to mind with that. But um, and then, as Pastor had mentioned, it does seem an emphasis on growing—that we'd be growing spiritually and um, getting our direction would be up and not down. And it's obviously very easy to go down. pray that you'd, uh, these copies of the, of the study here that we have, that it would be able to be a, an encouragement and a challenge to us. And we can, uh, of course, we'll have it in our, our homes to, be, to remember it and everything Lord. But I um, ask you to keep us safe as we go to, um, to our homes and bring us back again safely on Wednesday. Again, as Patch Club starts on Wednesday as well. Give us wisdom with um, that, that'd be able to be a blessing and a ministry to um, the children and to our church ultimately, and then to others uh, maybe involved in it as well. In Jesus' name, amen.